Welcome back to the Cisco UKI podcast with Colette and Rosie, the podcast where we take the acronyms out of tech and we put the fun in. This week, we're joined by some special guests. We'll be talking about bringing joy back into the workplace and Colette and I will be telling you a little bit about ourselves. So grab yourself a snack or a cuppa, get your headphones on and go out for a walk or let us keep you company in the car and join us for another cosy chat on the Cisco UKI podcast. So, Rosie, here we are. We're recording our first ever episode of our first ever podcast. And by the way, actually, before we do anything else, I really feel like we now have to explain the whole Cozy Chats thing for the people who probably have not listened to the trailer for this series. Yeah, you're probably right, Claire. We should. So, obviously, we've been trying to come up with a creative, fun name for our podcast, and we originally thought Cozy was a good idea (laughs) because Colette, Rosie, you know, cute, Cozy. But then we realized no one would really get it unless we explained it every time. So we just stuck with the original name of the podcast, the Cisco UKI podcast, which is actually quite fun to say. But anyway, how exciting that we're actually finally doing our first episode. Yeah, well, I mean, you're saying exciting. It is exciting, but I also find it very scary. Like, are we actually even recording right now? Do we actually know what we are doing? So for those of you that haven't already gathered, we are complete rookies at this. But yeah, I think I hit the record button. So hopefully you will get to hear this. Um, Anyway, listen, before we get into the better bits of today's show, I guess what we thought would be worthwhile, Rosie and I had a bit of a chat. We did actually do a bit of planning for our podcast and we thought it would help in the first episode to actually tell you all a little bit about us. So Rosie, why don't you kick us off and tell everyone what you do here at Cisco and your sort of career journey so far? Yeah, of course. So I did economics at uni, so literally nothing to do with um, technology. It wasn't really on my radar when I was at university, uh, other than having to use it to do university. Um, And then I just happened to be at a careers fair in Glasgow, actually. And um, a girl from a stall came running after me and asked me to come and visit her stall. Uh, And it was actually a Softcat stall, which is one of Cisco's partners. So I worked at Softcat for six months, kind of learning the basics of all the different technology platforms and partners and vendors, um, and was a real learning curve. Really enjoyed my time at Softcat. um, And then I got the opportunity to work at Dell Technologies. So I was there for two years working in the acquisition patch. So um, it's basically all of the non-spending accounts. So definitely a tough learning curve, um, but loved it. Loved the um, energy, loved working at Dell. And I think that kind of cemented that I'd made a right career choice for me, uh, being in sales and just being able to chat to people, understand business problems and help them figure that out. And I've just enjoyed it ever since. And so I was at Dell for two years before recently joining Cisco back in March, uh, where I look after the small business for Cisco Scotland. Um, And yeah, definitely don't be put off by the name small because there's a wide range of customers that I look after uh, and enjoy working alongside. And it's just such a varied um job that I have and uh, working with all different verticals which also it's just so enjoyable it's your um for me that we get to understand different verticals problems and um work with different teams and people and um get to the root cause of you know customers pain points and be able to help them with that so uh, loving my time at Cisco and have met some incredible people so far one of them being you so why don't you give us a, a quick intro about what you do 
and I didn't even script that in so thanks very no. much for that one um <laughs> so anyway I'm just going to put it out there I think we've already broken so many of our own rules right now because you so, used so many words there Rosie that I didn't even understand so oh, no no you did so you've got black marked already I, f- I feel like when we get to understand like the whole podcast world a bit more I want to get one of those like uh-uh noises for any time <laughs> someone uses a word that other people now we need to understand so you we need a yellow card to, yellow card yeah. red card system. you've been yellow card you've been booked okay <laughs> one more and you're off you were speaking about partners and channels and verticals. Let's bear in mind, not everyone's going to know what that is. What we'll do in future episodes, obviously, is then explain what all the different architectures within Cisco are. And that would be helpful for everyone. Um, yep. Especially yeah. my mum, who's probably going to be listening to it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Because, like, don't, don't are you not just like the Chandler Bing of your friends? I've always been the Chandler Bing of my friends, where no one actually ever knows what I do. So, yeah. <laughs> and my pals are probably going to listen to this podcast and still be like, I don't know what Rosie does. So... <laughs> So well we'll, done, get there. Right. we'll get there we'll get there but listen that was a good introduction and the more that we go on throughout the podcast we'll figure out what it is actually that you do okay well i'll put the challenge to you then tell us your job without using any acronyms okay rosie challenge accepted however i do have to say okay whenever people ask me to describe a job or what okay never end it <laughs> That is true. But before I explain what I do at Cisco, I feel like I need to explain how I actually got to Cisco because I only started in March like you. So I actually think, what, were we not like a week apart or something? I feel like we were were one of the first people that I met, like out with my training that I was doing. But yeah, so you're from Edinburgh, I'm from Glasgow, but we hit it off. It was fine. Um, But yeah, we started a week apart. Um, and I was brand new to Cisco and I was brand new to the tech world. So you spoke about how you did economics at uni and then kind of went quite a linear line in your tech journey so you've done softcat dell and now cisco mine is not like that mine is very far from that so um let me take you back rosie because i don't even know if you know my sort of career history i mean we're pals we're going to call ourselves pals yeah colleagues maybe you call us colleagues i call us pals but okay (laughs) both um (laughs) this is why i'm going to need half an hour for this section because this is what's (laughs) going to happen okay um but anyway okay let me take you back to school okay because i feel like in order to understand how I've got to where I got to, you need to kind of go back with me. So we're going to go back to school. And I was a generalist for anyone that um, actually knows Scotland, knows Glasgow, and knows a little place called Kirkintillic. That's where I went to school, uh, a nice school called St Indians. Anyway, all-rounder at school, generalist, you know. Um, Okay with my grades and stuff. But I also got dragged into things like debating and public speaking because people found out that I liked to talk. And here I am on a podcast. It was like Destiny Rosie. Um... (laughs) So yeah, anyway, did a bit of that at school. Really liked public speaking and debating and stuff. Um, And when I was at school, I was good at languages. And career service at school was very much like, oh, you're good at languages. Why don't you go to university and do languages? Um, And when I was at school, I got the chance to do this thing called the Sutton Trust, which is a charity that supports young people from, I think at the time they called it working class background, but from families where their parents had never gone to uni before. You could go to... uh, prestigious university and spend a week in the summer holidays and experience what it might be like to go there so I was one of those kids and I got to go to St Andrews Uni for a week in the summer holidays and I loved it and I thought I want to go there so um applied had always gone on like family holidays and stuff to St Andrews and applied and got in and I got in to do languages at uni and I thought brilliant go there and then before I left school um the head teacher tapped me up and said uh, we've got a wee opportunity here I was head girl at the time school captain we called it it wasn't 
we weren't posh enough to call it head girl. I was school captain. Um, and the head teacher said, we've got the opportunity where a man who's called Sir Tom Hunter um, is running a leadership programme and he's looking for kids to go on it. He's looking for eight kids from across Scotland. Would you, can we put you forward for it? And at the time, I didn't really know who Sir Tom Hunter was. But anyway, for those of you who aren't from Scotland and maybe don't know about him, he is Scotland's first self-made billionaire. And essentially started his career selling trainers out the back of a van and then worked his way up and now he's a billionaire. Um, and he's a really amazing philanthropist now and dedicates all of his time pretty much um, to business, supporting entrepreneurs and also supporting charities in Scotland. Anyway, this is a big transgression, but it does all <laughs> connect. I promise it connects in the career journey. So I did that and I actually got onto the programme with seven other young people from Scotland, from all different walks of life. Some people from Gordonston School um, and people from like schools like mine and what Tom was trying to prove is it doesn't matter what your background, um, if you are exposed to the same experiences and the same leadership and same mentorship as everyone else, anyone can achieve what they want to achieve, which was a great message. And we basically travelled the world for a year after I left school. So I finished sixth year, deferred my place at St Andrews and I went off kind of touring the world, meeting amazing leaders, going to big conferences, um, building primary schools in Africa. Amazing things, right? It's a whole other story for another podcast. But anyway, did that and then came off it and thought... I don't want to go to uni anymore. I just want to go become a self-made billionaire. So I'm just going to go do what Tom did. <laughs> as you do. selling trainers. <laughs> yeah. I thought, how hard can it be? I'll find something to sell and I'll become a self-made billionaire. And my mum and dad said, absolutely not. Like, we've already told people that you're going to stand as uni. You are going to stand as uni. So I was swiftly told I was going to uni. Um, but to be fair, I remember Sir Tom telling me, uni is a passport to the future it's the thing that opens the door so it might not be what you do for your career but it definitely is a passport to the next step so I took that advice on board off I went to St Andrews and at this point I had no interest in languages I wanted to be in business I wanted to be doing all sorts of commercial stuff and I was studying languages um so did that for a couple of years wasn't a huge fan but wasn't a quitter so I stuck it out and part of my degree was going abroad to Italy for a year and teaching English and when I came back, I thought, right, I'm probably going to get have to get a bit more experience here if I want to get a grad job, you know, like that's actually nothing to do with languages. So I went and applied for an internship with an organisation in Scotland called Entrepreneurial Scotland, which some of you might have heard of. Um, and I got an internship with an oil and gas company over in Texas and Houston. And that company was called Wood Group. And it was a rotational commercial internship. And I thought, great, I'm a generalist. Like, I'll find a part of the business that I like working in. Went there, had an amazing summer. And then Wood Group, basically said to me, look, we really liked what you did on your internship. How do you fancy coming and joining us for a grad programme? And I was like, great. Um, so I went through their assessment centre and stuff, as you do. And then they phoned me up to offer me the job. And their words, which still stick with me to this day, were, we really like you and we really want you to come and join our company, but we don't really know what to do with you. Um, and I was like, oh, great. That's what everyone wants to hear. Um, so they said, why don't you just come with us and like we'll take you into Wood Group. But actually, we have a secondment place that we really think you might be interested in. And the secondment was to a mattress factory. Yeah, so I was a graduate studying languages, got a job in an oil company and got seconded to a mattress factory, which kind of sums up like my career, to be honest. These things happened to me. Um, but the mattress factory was incredible. It was a company called Glencraft. They are a social enterprise. They've been around since 1843 and their mission is to create employment uh, and dignity through work for blind and disabled people within Aberdeen. And the reason that my oil company had a relationship with that business was that a few years back, or yeah, several years back now, about 10 years ago, they were being run by the local authority and um, they actually went into administration and a lot of people's jobs, 52 people, I think it was at the time's jobs were at risk. And sort of the business world in Aberdeen rallied and was like, right, this isn't okay. Like we need to step in and get this business back up and running. So my company, Wood Group, were quite heavily involved in that. Bob Keeler, the CEO and um, the CFO, Duncan Skinner. 
got the business back up and running. And part of their commitment was to almost like donate one of Wood Group's graduates every year to go to that business and work alongside the general manager um, on a secondment and support the business. So I went away from Wood Group, didn't even get in the door actually to Wood Group. I just went to Aberdeen and went to the mattress factory. Um, And I did that for a year and I just fell in love with small business and social enterprise and everything that they were doing, like running a business for commercial purposes, but actually having like a social purpose too, loved it. And then I went, after a year, went back into Wood Group and kind of just felt a bit lost in a big corporate world and didn't really know what I wanted to do and found myself just asking people can I shadow you or can I come and join your team and then in 2014-15 the oil price started to decline and there was a bit of an oil crash in Aberdeen and lots of people got made redundant and I was one of them um I basically just didn't fit in a box and when redundancies come unless you are specialized it can be quite difficult to justify being kept so I experienced redundancy pretty early on in my career but within about a few hours pretty much of getting that news I got a phone call from Duncan Skinner who as you'll remember was the CFO of the oil company um he had retired from the oil company and he'd become the chairman at Glencraft and he'd kind of turned to philanthropy and supporting charities very like Sir Tom Hunter yeah. Um, and so I was really blessed by this point, quite early in my career, to have had two great mentors, so Tom Hunter and also Duncan Skinner, who said, look, I've got an idea for another social enterprise, similar idea to Glencraft, like, let's get a business up and running, let's support people who need it, and let's give money to charity. And I was like, brilliant, let's do it. And he had the idea and he said, do you want to help me take it off the ground? And I said, yes. So that's what I went on to do. And he had an idea. He's a really keen hill walker and he used to use a product called Buff, which some of you might know, but it's really those stretchy tubes of fabric that you put over your mouth and nose when you cycle or ski. And now because we've been through a global pandemic, everybody basically knows what they are. Um, <laughs> but we were in business probably a few years too early. If we'd still been in business, I might be a billionaire now, who knows? Um, <laughs> I mean, timing is happens for a reason. <laughs> timing is everything. Um, but anyway, he's a keen hill walker, but he also was a massive football fan. He was on the board at Aberdeen Football Club um, and basically said, I want to be able to have a buff that has my football colours on it. So let's start making them. We'll manufacture in Aberdeen. We'll figure out how to do it. Right. None of us had a textile background. None of us knew how to work a textile machine or where to buy one. And we decided we were going to start making them in Aberdeen and we were going to print them with football colours and football logos on them and we did it we actually managed to do it we went away and got a machine and we found staff and we knitted them in Aberdeen um, and we worked with big football clubs Celtic and loads of ones across Scotland we had them in Scotland rugby shop we had them in Scotland football shop um, we started working with some English teams and we supplied Cisco for Cisco Live a few years back so that's my claim to fame in Cisco um, we actually manufactured some of our squads they were called squad scarves for Cisco um, and that's kind of how all the dots start to join up you see we'll get there love it um, yeah and fate isn't it great um, so I had a great four years sort of doing that startup taking it to the point where we were doing license agreements with clubs and we were printing but we were a small team like three at max um, and we did everything like you had to do I had to be everything I was the manager director but I was also the person that fixed the machine when it broke down and I was also the delivery person when our deliveries failed um, and I was the person that dealt with complaints and payroll and HR and finance alongside a brilliant girl who I'm actually going to shout out to because she'll listen Candy um, she was my absolute saviour but basically there was like the two of us and then we had um, Sam who worked in manufacturing with us it was just mental you were always busy um, and then at some point in that journey, um, I had gone during that journey, I had kind of got engaged, got married, and then inevitably uh, I got pregnant <laughs> and I yeah, found out I was pregnant while running a startup business. And at that point, kind of 
thought like I, I can't do this when I always said when I wanted to start a family I would move from Aberdeen back to Glasgow to be near family so Duncan and I had a good chat and at that point decided it was time for me to step away and we actually decided to kind of sell the business um it's still going we sold it on to a, a local print company in Aberdeen and they're still printing them um now which is great but after that happened I went away and had Charlie and um went on maternity leave and then I was still in Aberdeen at the time after maternity leave came to an end because that flew in. Um, and then I ended up stumbling into the finance sector and I worked for a financial advisory, um, financial wealth management company, um, doing financial education workshops. No background in finance. Okay, So I've gone from having no background in textiles to having a textile company, no background in finance to running financial education workshops where I would go into workplaces and tell them about pensions and savings. <laughs> um, but this actually sums up how I do work at Cisco now because I would always have a financial advisor with me. So someone who actually knew what they were talking about. So I would only ever be like high level. And then I would always just be like, and here's the expert. And basically that's what I do at Cisco now, as you know, Rosie. <laughs> but we'll come to that. Um, and then, yeah, so that happened. And then we ended up getting our move back to Glasgow late last year. And then amongst all of that, I do have to say that um, really sadly lost my mentor, Duncan Skinner. He passed away from cancer. He got cancer during lockdown. And that really affected me, I think. He was such a key part of like my career, starting off in my career. And I think that's the importance of mentors. So for any young people listening, get yourself a good mentor. It's the best thing that can ever happen to you when you start off in your career. And I think just put a lot of things into perspective, didn't it? Like the pandemic and everything like that. So yeah, sadly lost Duncan, who was one of, I would say, Scotland's business sector greats. Um, and then anyway, moved back to Glasgow in November. We're still working for the financial advisory company. And then got an opportunity to talk to Cisco and here I am as dun 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 with no acronyms a collaboration specialist okay so someone who's been a generalist their whole entire life um, I'm now a specialist, is now a specialist. collaboration <laughs> which I mean we can joke about and I, I mean I hope, I'm, hope my boss is listening hi Elizabeth um, and I mean I would say we're we're good at our jobs Rosie but we don't know everything but that's why we are blessed to have great supports in our SEs and I think I'm going to do it for both of us. A big, massive shout out to Stuart Trainer, if you're listening, Woo! Stuart, who we could not function without you on a daily basis. So it's been a again, hard week while you've been on annual leave. <laughs> it's been awful. Um, <laughs> and all of the SEs that I work with, because I don't just work in Scotland, Ireland, I have to point that out. So I do have other SEs too. They're all amazing. They are the backbone of what we do in sales. Um, and yeah, so a collaboration specialist, what is that, you might be asking? So we will come on to what every architecture is. Architecture is basically all the different things that Cisco do. But collaboration is a big part of it. And so we have um, lots of things that we do in collaboration. So calling. So if you're ever in an office, you might see a Cisco phone in a desk. You know, um, we do that. And collaboration, we also have WebEx, which is our meetings platform where we IM and we have our virtual meetings and we call each other and we share files and we basically do everything on WebEx. It's a great system. And we do our devices, for example. If you go into some offices, you might see big um, screens, essentially, video devices on the walls, which are Cisco devices, hopefully. Um, we've got desk pros. Basically, anything that keeps businesses connected with their customers and with their employees, that's what collaboration means. And so my job now is so much fun because we're in a transition period of this hybrid working and people returning to the office or some people doing the hybrid blend of work and home. And collaboration is such an exciting conversation to be having with people. Like, what is your office going to look like? What's your business going to look like in this new era of hybrid work? And I get to have all those conversations with people on a really high yeah. level. And then I have my specialists who come in actually are the experts. Um, so that's how well, I, I think it actually... Cisco. 
is such an important role, especially at the minute. And with lots of younger people having grown up with tech and grown up with being able to do things so seamlessly at home, is actually transitioning that into their work life as well. So it's so important for customers um, and businesses to engage with the likes of Colette because I think it does make a huge difference to young people's working lives um, primarily, really, because they're the ones that have been exposed to tech since basically day dot. Um, like I was even speaking to a colleague last night at an event and um, an ex-colleague, sorry, from Cisco, uh, who was at a new company. And he was saying that actually when he's in video conferencing rooms, he has to move the camera to face him when he's speaking. And he was like, you're just so spoiled at Cisco. You know, the camera follows you. You don't have to get up and do anything. It's all, you know, single touch to join a meeting. And he actually said he, he now struggles with the lack of um, yeah. that in his current job. So it's just so important. I feel like that. I almost feel like... It's just, even when you go into like our offices, it's like Disneyland for collaboration because you walk into rooms and our rooms just know that we're there and like we can just sit down with our laptops and we can start meetings and it's so seamless. And and I talk to people all the time about this. Like sometimes you just want people to experience like a week with the technology that we have available as employees at Cisco and how we do business, like just and how we communicate with each other because we both joined during the pandemic. We both, no one was going into the office at that point. And yet, like how connected do you feel to your team? Like I, I even without having met people in the office, I just felt part of a team and it's, we've got a really good culture here, I guess, of always having our camera on, everyone's available. Um, well, I, I guess we use the available and do not disturb and stuff on WebEx, although sometimes people don't listen to the do not disturb and they disturb. But anyway, that's um, me. <laughs> <laughs> like Rosie. Um that wasn't actually well, it was aimed at you, yeah. Um but yeah, so we have this great culture and I think that is all down to technology. And I think that is loads of the things I guess we're going to talk about in future episodes. But technology does have that ability and we've both I've worked in different industries and different places that haven't had the luxury of having the type of technology that we have at our hands and our fingertips every day. And it does make a massive difference. And I think when you do have it, you see how seamless collaborating as a team can be and talking to your customers and stuff can be. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for WebEx, for everything that we do here in collaboration at Cisco. Um, and that's my journey. And that was supposed to take five minutes. And I think that's what, 10, 15? So it's, but we'll never have to talk about it again. <laughs> so there we go sometimes i think it's just easy for people to ex- for me to explain because things are inevitably going to come up in this podcast that people are going to be like mattresses what buffs squads what what is she talking about um but yeah hopefully all those experiences bring me to cisco with a breadth of worldly knowledge and experience across different sectors so there we go shall we carry on rosie with the rest of the podcast i think we should i think we shall okay <laughs> so Colette. As we keep saying, we're the new host of the UKI podcast. And so who was the host before us? Good question, Rosie. I thought you were never going to ask. So yeah, prior to us joining Cisco, there was indeed a Cisco UKI podcast. And it was hosted by none other than the legend that is Mr. Justin Woolen. Um, So at this point, I could go into explaining what Justin Woolen does within Cisco. But actually, I have a bit of an idea. And I think what we should do is... Let's just get Justin on the podcast, okay? I'll send out a little calendar invite. We'll invite him on. We'll have a chat. But but my plan is, anytime we get anyone from Cisco on, we don't do an introduction to them because what do we know about their job roles, really? And we task them with who can give the best introduction slash synopsis of their job in a minute. I think we have a feature. (laughs) We didn't even manage a minute. (laughs) Well, I know, but let's make it a feature. I think we have... I have, in the last minute there, as we were talking, created a feature for the podcast, something we can actually do every time we record. So the challenge, 
I mean, the thing is, when the first episode goes out, it gives everyone else who comes on a bit of a heads up. But let's just see how Justin reacts. So in the next part of our podcast, we're going to have Justin Woolen and we're going to put him to the test. Can he describe what he does in one minute? And how does he feel about having to hand over his podcast baby to us two? I know, I know. I'm, I'm going to do a TikTok. I promise to do a TikTok with you. Good. Well, we'll do that. I will, I will take the roasting I'm going to take off my middle-aged, ma- middle-aged male friends. Yeah. And uh, I will take that roasting. You just tell them it's Sifko having a bit of personality. Yeah. I know. That's what it is. They haven't got any. So, Justin, um, Hello. Moti and I have done a little intro prior to you joining us today. So, um, we've got a few surprises in store for you. But first of all, I guess let's just introduce you. So this is the famous Justin Woolen that we've spoken about previously, guys. He is the former host of the Cisco UKI podcast. How are you, Justin? I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. It's in it's uh, I'm in rainy, sunny Wales, but yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not sure how I feel about handing over the podcast, but at least at least <laughs> my old co-host Joachim Mason was Scottish, so it feels like there's a tie-in connection in there of handing it over to a Scottish to the Scottish people. No, but. You don't have to because we plan on featuring you in future episodes. You can come back anytime that you want to jump on and be a guest and talk to us. Um, but yeah, I feel like yeah, you actually- now have all the joyous parts of doing a podcast, being a regular special guest whenever you want, and then not having to do any of the editing behind the scenes. <laughs> I, and that was the thing I loved. I loved doing the podcast. I loved doing it with Yoko Mason. There you go. I've got to say that, and please don't edit that out because he'll because it, it was it was absolutely great fun and. Um, but it was the editing. It's the, it's the. I, you mean we talk about loves and loads, and I love doing the podcast. I hate loads doing the editing because it's just hard work, and yeah. um, and especially when you record people who like to um and ah a lot, and then you think I've got to edit every single one of them out. Yeah. So on um, that note, please can we just make sure this is a one take wonder, guys? Because I don't want to have to edit this. So, um, so Justin, <laughs> Rosie, and I have. I mean, we like to think that we've put some planning into this podcast, okay? But a lot of it has just been improv, you know, on the day. We've just, you know, seen how we felt. But we came up with a feature and we want you to be the first one to trial it out. So you are essentially our first Cisco guest on the podcast and we have a challenge because this uh, this podcast that we have, Rosie and I have set out to be a no acronym zone. No acronyms allowed, okay? And that's Cisco. I've already failed, Justin. So <laughs> we're all learning on this journey yeah. of trying to take out the acronyms in our lives. And I already failed. So we're setting you the challenge. Measurably. It, I get it. I get it. I get it. Because in, in, in the podcast, Joachim and I would always pick each other up for acronyms. Yeah. Because this podcast is not just for people inside Cisco. It's for everybody outside Cisco. And we are ac- acronym central. Yeah, but it's also for the people like me in Cisco who still don't understand stuff. So, like, can we just simplify things? Um, so okay. the challenge, the challenge here, okay, and this is going to be a regular feature. The thing is, it's, it's sprung on you and you're at a disadvantage because in future, other guests will know that this is the feature. But the feature today, Justin, is we want you to explain your job title and what you do at Cisco in one minute without using any acronyms. Okay, and I'm going to time you. And we're going to start soon, once I get my timer up. And yeah, so you've got one minute to explain, like, what is it you actually do at Cisco without confusing people, without using fancy words and without using acronyms that no one will understand. Are you ready? 
Okay, three, two, one, go. So my job is I lead a team of people who specialize in collaboration technology. Now, what does that actually mean? It means the, the technology that people use to communicate. So it could be telephones. It could be video conferencing. It could be video conferencing equipment. So big video. I call them fancy tellies. So there you go. That's not an acronym. Fancy tellies. Uh, and also what we call contact center, uh, which is basically when you're phoning somebody up to complain or to buy some insurance or anything like that sort of thing. That's what we do. And I've got a team of people who specialized in how to, uh, what, 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 what it makes it great, how it actually helps you. And we have some great technical guys in there as well who can actually make sure it works and help you design the solutions for you, for your organization, whether you're a hospital, a university, a bank, or whatever. Stop. You did it. That was pretty good. Of course I did it. Well done. I, I've learned awesome. not to waffle. So <laughs> I just choose not I choose not I just choose to waffle. It's a conscious so choice. Fancy tellies, I love that. I'm gonna start using that. Fancy tellies, yeah. Oh you have now there's another dog barking. Whose dog's that? It's mine. So yeah, my dog was barking there, guys. Sorry, I think I actually maybe missed the delivery, but that's okay. Like the stuff that you do for the UKI podcast. Um so yeah, Rosie, do you understand what Justin did? Another part of the business? Do you get what his job is? Yeah, no, I'm very concise, as you say. You've obviously been on the podcast world for a while. You you know how to take it all down. So, uh, no, I'm very impressed. You've set the bar very high. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they, now everybody else will practice, though. They will go, right, when, they, when like, the other specialist technology people come on, they'll go, oh, I need to do it, so I need to make it really simple. So they'll do it in, like, 15 seconds. Yeah. We are aware of that. But, I mean, then we're just going to raise the bar even higher. So, I mean, Murphy... <laughs> Right, guys, oh, don't worry you about should the- talk, talk amongst yourself. I'm going to go see if that's a delivery, and then we can edit this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the bit you've got to keep going home, with. Well, it is, isn't it? Well, I've, I've got two. So I've got the same dog as, as um, Colette has. So I've got a, a oh, dog spaniel as well. Yeah, but he's eight months old. And then I've got, oh, a, wow. spri- and then I've got a collie cross. And so it's literally when one goes, the other one goes. And when, so they just set each other off. And it literally, you try to. I was. What was I doing the other day? I was. I was on a. I was on a meeting, and literally, it was quite. It was sort of customer stuff, and it was. One would go, then the other would go, and then and then the postie comes, and I'm sat at the front of the house, so you see them come in, so you can go. Oh, and they and they, they sit there on the sofa in my office and go. Oh, the postie's here, and then they, they both go, and then by the time I calm them down, and then the delivery guy will come, and I'm like, I can't do this. I've had enough. Yeah, the only thing Harold, like my dog's called Harold, he's like um, a cockapoo mixed with a shih tzu, so he's quite small. But what he likes to do is just stare out the front window and he's dog walker Anna, like Harold only goes once a his week. dog walker? He's dog walker and lives around walker. the corner, but... Fancy. But, I, um... I am the dog walker. Think about yourself. <laughs> yeah, we do it. But like, I've been out this morning. We do it every day except for Tuesday just for him to get a bit of socialisation because he was getting a bit grumpy. Um... So we needed socialised. So out he went, dog walker. But anyway, he, the only time he, he starts barking is when he can see the dog across the road get picked up on a different day. And he's like, why am I not going? <laughs> and then he just sets him off. He starts barking. I, I, think, so. there's, I think this is a feature. Yeah, yeah this is a feature. I don't know what you were talking about when I left there, but I'm going to keep it in. I'll have a listen back. It's, 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 the, dog, it's the dog thing. And I just said, you've got the same dog. You've got Murphy. I've got Griff. 
and you've got Harold, which I think you've got actually some cracking names there for dogs. So, but also it's, it's the bit of going, working from home. It's the, the challenge of the dog is the challenge of the dogs, isn't it? Of, of, they have no respect. They have, they no, have respect. no respect. Especially when you're recording no. a podcast. Like I'm in a different room. Yeah, but that's the, but that's the great thing about podcasts. You just go, I can edit it out. I know. Keep going. I'll but edit it out. I might not. Um, so yeah, Justin, what's your plans? I mean, this is a Christmas special. What's your plans for Christmas? What are your feelings oh. for the new year? And you're asking the wrong person. I am Bar Humbug. I am the Ebenezer Scrooge of, oh. of, of Christmas. I I literally, I I I'm. It's going to be this weekend, and my wife's going to put the tree up, and I'm like, <laughs> drama. And then it's going to be, oh, you've got to climb up all the trees outside the house and wire the lights up. That's like a day's. That's a day's work. I'm going to going to get back. That's and fun. Okay, we don't do any outdoor lights. Like ours is all contained within the house. I think when people do outdoor lights, hats off to them because it's a lot of extra work. Yeah, yeah I- but that's my. I, I get that one. I get that. And and then it's like great. I've got all this tack around the house now. Do you know what I got roped into, guys? In my latest little shop, I went up the middle oh, aisle. I love, I, I love a mi- I love a little, I love the middle aisle. We went on Sunday. We didn't even go shopping, but we right. just said we haven't been to little for ages. Okay, so I bought I bought a little middle. Okay, I guess what it is. What was it? A projector. Like, you know, like the projectors that you like project. Oh, we saw them. My wife saw them, and I went, "No." I know. So there was a voice inside of me saying, "Don't do it, don't do it," and then the other voice was like, "Do it, come on!" I've got a two and a half year old, and it actually is a three in one. So it projects. Because it does Halloween as well, doesn't it? Halloween and New Year. So my neighbours are going to have some nice little like um, flashing snowmen all around our building, and also some New Year ones. And then when Halloween rolls around, three in one, twelve. Little, I don't know how that works in terms of sponsorship and advertising and whatever, but there you go, guys. Get to the middle and little. Because, uh, well, I think you have to say well, this, is not, now, <laughs> this yeah. is not a paid ad. This is not a paid advertisement. No, what you have to say there are the other bargain yeah. shops available. That's there are other shops that are available. Yeah. It's not a supermarket, is it? It's not just a supermarket, is it? It's just a one-stop shop for everything you ever need it's, in life, isn't it? It is. So it is kind of like Cisco in the tech world. I I bought Drillbit. <laughs> On the middle aisle on Sunday. Oh, that is such a oh, that's such a middle aged man thing to buy. Who buys drill bits? Me. <laughs> I needed another set of drill bits because to go in the motorhome. So I have a full ma- maintenance set wow. just in case I, I mean, need to do any drillage. You are living up to a lot of stereotypes. You hate TikTok. You don't like doing. Fun. I didn't say I didn't say I hate TikTok. I said I have middle aged friends who, who who do not like TikTok. You have a motorhome and a packet of drill bits from Lidl. <laughs> I mean, could you I'm, be? I am. Taking... I'm fifty. I am 51, so I think that counts. I'm, I'm literally just doing what my age says. Well, on that note, Justin, we are very grateful for you to have brought up the average age on the podcast this episode. So thank you very much for doing that. Alone. Well, you brought the age down because literally it was me, me and Joachim. I, I mean, it was like middle-aged men. Grumpy uh, Old Man podcast. That's what we should have renamed it. And also so nice to hear the Welsh accent. So as we make our way around the UKI on this podcast journey, it's always nice to hear all these lovely accents from all around our wonderful island. We, we, we need to we need to do that. We need most probably uh, have, have a uh, a we'll get a, the Irish on. Yeah. yeah, we'll get the Irish on, and then we, we've got Scottish, we've got Welsh representing, yeah, and then then we'll have to allow the English on. So thanks, Justin, for joining us. On behalf of Colette and I, we hope you have a lovely Christmas and New Year, and can't wait to have you back. Well, thank you very much, Rosie. Thank you very much, Colette. I'd like to say Bar Hamburg, but I won't. I'll say Merry Christmas to all the listeners and everyone at Cisco, and uh, Happy New Year when it comes. So how fun was that?
I think he did all right. I mean, for me, I love chatting to Justin because Justin's a fellow collaboration geek like me. So always nice to fe- uh, to speak to other fellow collaboration fans. Um, so yeah, that was a great chat. How do you think he feels about us being the hosts now, Rosie? Oh, I think it's an exciting new chapter. Uh, a bit conscious though that we've... <laughs> <laughs> that you know well the whole reason we started this podcast is because we do love to chat and uh because of that reason i think we're maybe running a bit over time we are so i think maybe we had planned when the comms people asked us how long do you think you'll do a first episode i think we said 45 minutes rosie and <laughs> i think we're probably getting close to that and we don't even have the special guest yet so i think i'm going to make an executive decision here you know i mean i could consult with our producer like the one that we don't have <laughs> to see what they would advise but since we don't have a producer it's on us to decide and I think what we should do is have an episode one but have two parts how does it sound that sounds like a great idea to be fair I mean, who do- it's the first podcast and we're already giving a two-part special so what more could you I- ask for and I would also put out there that it's Christmas and everybody has Christmas specials don't they EastEnders Corey like you know it's always a two-parter so basically what we need to do is end this one with dun 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 and just like that, anybody who's actually listening not from the UK has no idea what we're talking about. Anyway, this is exactly why we've run over time, because this is the kind of stuff we talk about. By the way, if you have joined us and you've got this far in the podcast, please note you have just enjoyed part one of episode one. And if you would like to join us for part two, we would love it. So hop on over and find it in whatever channel or whatever streaming service you're using to listen to us and listen to episode one, part two, where we have a really special guest. 